I came up with this thing called finding or discovering your mantra. And it's basically a distinct, compelling and cohesive statement to talk about yourself. It's something that's unique about you that drives everything you do. Welcome to Hardly Working, a podcast about how we can improve work, life and everything in between. These are recordings from live conversations on Fishbowl, a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can join us live next time on the Fishbowl app. We have events every day. All right, let's get right into it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining our um, our talk today, uh, Conquering Interview Anxiety. We're really happy to talk to you. I'll introduce myself and then I'll pass it over to Joel. My name is Lisa Cherry. Joel is actually my brother. We always like to say that we're not married. We are brother and sister. I am currently the service delivery executive at uh, Cisco Systems. I've been at Cisco for about 10 years. I uh, lead a couple of our top premier accounts, and I'm responsible for all of our delivery business, for our services, everything post-sales. I absolutely love what I do. I also have experience in interviewing interviewing people as well as interviewing quite a bit myself just throughout the years. My goal for you when you leave this discussion is to really feel empowered. You know, you have the tools and best practices to move forward with any interviews that you have in the future or if you're currently interviewing uh, and just, you know, fully understand the, the best techniques to be successful in, in, your, in your job interviews and also learning how to be your best advocate. So with that, I will pass it over to Joel. Yeah, I am currently, as my main role right now, I'm within Cisco, I work in supply chain, but my leadership and development company, Viewpoint, I am the chief operating officer. And in that company, I came up with this tool to help people conquer interview anxiety. And my goal is really for you to have some tricks to help mitigate interview anxiety in the moment, but also to walk away with a greater sense of your value and your worth. And my hope is that you feel empowered to realize that you have something to offer any company that you apply to. Uh, and, and so with that, we're, we're going to get started. And I'll, I'll turn it back over to my sister to kind of start us off with some common interview anxieties. All right. So uh, to kick us off, these are just some some common interview anxieties. This is not, you know, the, a whole um, comprehensive list, but these are some of the main common ones. Once, and, and some anxieties that we've also received feedback on from these talks in the past. So, you know, one of the one of the main is the fear of the unknown. You know, that's quite obvious. So you don't know the person on the other line. Uh, you know, you're starting from scratch. It's completely unknown. It could be a company that you may or may not be super familiar with, or maybe you're really familiar with it. And it's, you know, one of the uh, like a Fortune 100 company. And it's terrifying because you just don't know what, what you're walking into as far as interview is concerned. Another is being judged by a stranger or being misunderstood you have one shot to have a first impression and you're just fearful that you're you're going to you're going to bomb it preparing for the wrong questions uh you know you you anticipate what they're going to ask but then they throw you a curveball and ask you something out of left field and you're just not prepared for that you you have to you struggle with trying to figure out how to answer that question maybe you know not being able to have the, op- the opportunity to show how great of a fit you are you know you won't, maybe you have like 15 minutes with the screener and it's their job to pass you on to the next set of interviews. And you're terrified that you're not going to be able to have, you're not going to put your best foot forward. How to sound confident, but not sound too cocky. Finding that balance. Being asked about weaknesses. I know I absolutely hate that question. It doesn't get asked a whole lot now. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about behavioral questions in, in this talk. But, um, you know, that's one thing. It's hard to, you don't want to talk about weaknesses, but and somehow you want to spin it into a positive. 
And then also, you know, maybe it's been a while since you've interviewed. So you're, you feel like you're out of practice. So those are just some, some common interview anxieties that we've, we've received from the, from the past and just, just overall in general. But I'm going to move into some, there's a, there's a response method, it's called STAR, but also there, you may have heard it, PAR method or SMART method. And I'm going to go off of the SMART method today. It's based off of situation, metrics or more, action, results, and tie-in. So I'm going to break down each of those things and then we'll move on from there. When, they, when you're asked a question, you want to have a response that comes back at, in, with, with the SMART method, right? When an interviewer says, tell me about a time when, you know, you were in conflict and you had to overcome that conflict or, you know, something like that. Tell me, tell me about a time when, right? So you're first going to start with the situation. You're going to describe a situation. You're going to talk about, you're going to use it specific, be specific as possible. And then you're going to move into metrics or more. So you're going to quantify this information or, or more details about the situation. You're going to explain your responsibility in this. What was your task in this? Uh, you know, examples could be like resolving a conflict. You had to meet sales quota. You, you, the task was a project completion, things like that. So you'll move from quantifying your information in the situation to action. So let's list all the actions that you took to complete this task or uh, to get to this metric. Then you're gonna move into results. So describe the results that you helped. What did it take to come up with these outcomes, right? What were the outcomes that were generated by the actions that you took? And, and make sure that you emphasize emphasize on your accomplishments. And then for T, you're gonna tie it all in. So you've explained the situation, you've explained the metrics, you've quantified it, you've talked about your actions, you talked about the outcomes of the results. You're going to tie all this in. How is this going to resonate with position requirements that you are you're interviewing for? So I'm going to move into introspection. So so I, I as Joel mentioned, we're going to talk about different things. So introspections first, preparation, and then execution. So I've given you the best practice of how you can frame your question, your answers for the interview questions. Now Joel's going to move into introspection. So I'll pass it over to Joel. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Elise. We are walking through ways in which you can approach the interview and the interviewer that will lead you to not feeling that sense of anxiety. And one of the things that you can do is to figure out who you are before you even prepare, right? So sometimes you approach an environment or situation, and when you are unsure of yourself, sure of one thing, the outcome is not going to be great, right? Because if you are not sure of who you are, you can't live in surety and certainty and then act in that. And so if someone were to ask you questions that may be something that you hadn't thought about, hadn't prepared, then now you're caught off guard and now you're on the back foot. But if, the, if you could know yourself so well and be able to, from that experience, that's different. And so I came up with this thing called finding or discovering your mantra. And it's basically a compelling and cohesive statement to talk about yourself. It's something that's unique about you that drives everything you do. And what that does is it helps you now be able to answer questions like Elise was saying from there, right? So here's my mantra. Mine is that I am someone who is energized by being a refreshment to everyone in every interaction, no matter what. In that, I never want to burden people. I never want to drain them. I want people to feel edified. I want people to feel built up. I want people to think, man, I cannot wait to chat with Joel again. He was so refreshing, right? And if I said that to you, 
when let's say you ask me in the question in an interview, tell me about yourself, Joel. What I just showed you is that I am sure of myself. I'm positive about myself and the world around me, and I'm altruistic. And now from there, I can answer all of the questions. So when you discover who you are, your mantra, you apply it to your resume, which is one of the most powerful things you can do in an interview. When I can look at my resume and not simply see things that I've done, but things, logical progressions of who I am lived out in the context of that job, that's different. Now it is just a reflection of who I am, not what I've done. And so you apply that to your resume. How does my mantra inform who I am on my resume? And the next thing is applying it to the job or the company. How does my mantra inform how I fit within the role and company, right? Most of these interviewers, if not all of them, are really just looking to see, is this person a good fit? And let's be honest, as annoying as it is to hear, most of the interviewers, especially the hiring managers, are honestly thinking, can I work with this person? Do we vibe well? Do we get along? It's not necessarily the whole, can I hang out with this person on the weekend? But if I'm going to spend 40, 50 hours with this person, I need to know I'm not going to be drained, right? But if you can promote a sense of self that is not draining, right, but is refreshing or is sure of yourself, that's different. So when you can apply it to the company and say, yeah, this this is who I am, and this is why who I am is who you need for this company, right? That's 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 wonderfully powerful. And then you craft that into your story, right? So you've you've found out what your mantra is, you've related it to your resume, you've related it to the jobs, and now you need to align your mantra with that job company resume in a cohesive and compelling way. You need to practice that. You have to Sometimes maybe look in the mirror and practice all this while talking to yourself in the mirror. I want to turn it back over to Elise for tip number two, which is preparation. All right. So we're going to move into preparation. So you are the subject matter expert of yourself. So this is this is where a lot of the, the meat and potatoes come from, right? So first, you're going to research the company. Don't ever walk into an interview seeming like you you really didn't do any research as far as the company, the people who work there. You know, we have LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great resource for that. Glassdoor feedback. You can look at people's previous interviews, you know, how that process was there. It's a little subjective, so you have to be careful with that. But look at the company's mission statement. Look at their values. Sometimes the job description can be a little vague, but sometimes it's not. So start to come up with some questions when you look at the when you look at the company's mission statement, when you look at the job description that you can go to, you can present to the to your first interviewer or um, the hiring manager and uh, you know ask a little bit more questions about the job description. You, then you're going to move into preparing for some behavioral questions. So this is where it's the the smart method ties in. So you're going to prepare your answers for the most common questions. You know your role. You know the role that you're you're interviewing for. So you want to ensure that the behavioral questions that you you can anticipate are closely related to the job. A lot of times you get the questions like, "Tell me about a time when you know you, you had to overcome some challenges. You had to overcome some challenges. You and, and what did you do about that? What are the steps that you took? Or tell me about a time when you were you had success and and what that looked like and what was your involvement in that." But using your that smart model approach will really help you prepare for those types of questions. You can tweak them too as you're talking in your interview. If they if your interviewers kind of throw you a little bit and you know maybe maybe you don't have the exact answer for it, that approach you can sort of tweak your your um, your smart approach to uh, apply to that particular question. And then you're going to prepare using maybe mock interviews. 
So you can practice with a friend. You can they, they you can hire a professional for that. You can talk to maybe a trusted colleague, maybe someone who's not in your space as far as the, the job that you're trying to apply to, but they are an experienced interviewer. And so they can really help you with your approach and your questions and your answers and things like that. And also consider recording yourself. I personally don't love hearing myself, but it reveals a lot about you when you hear yourself played back. So you can hear maybe there are specific words that you keep using like um or uh or things like that. So it, it can really help with that. And then prepare a list of questions for the interviewer. When you, you can actually Google a bunch of questions that you can ask, but one powerful question that you can ask at the end of your interview is pretty much asking for the job. So it's a bold question, but it's something that you are entitled to ask. And let me, and I'll tell you how to, to ask it. So when you, at, at the end of your interview, it can be with whomever, maybe it can be the screener, it could be, you know, the hiring manager, your panel, your, your panel of interviewers, ask them if there are any, is there anything that would, a roadblock that, that would keep them from nominating you for this role or moving forward? So put them on the spot. They won't expect it and they have to give you an answer. They can say, you know, yeah, there were some things like this and this and this, or no, there's actually not. And I don't see why you wouldn't move forward kind of thing. And definitely ask for next steps. Next steps are big. You want to know what you can anticipate in the future. You know, what does it look like? Are you going to meet with the hiring manager next? Or is it a panel? You know, things like that. And, and what's the time frame look like? Definitely ask about time frame so you're not just sitting there wondering. So we're going to move into execution. So this is tip number three. So now you're prepared, you have your behavioral, you have, you have your smart your smart method down, you're ready for any questions they ask you, so now let's do this. So, you know, a lot of times interviews are virtual now. You want to really prepare your desk, and I say desk in quotations. You want to have the job description in front of you if you can. You want to have their mission statement in front of you or, you know, their values. Amazon's really big on that. They, they really value their mission statement, and you want to be able to speak to those, and, that, and it also shows that you've really prepared. And maybe have a have the list of prepared questions in front of you. And then even if so virtual or in person, body language goes a long way. So even if you're virtual and maybe they can't see you on camera, or if they can, be sure to smile and really monitor your nonverbal communication because your body language really goes a long way. They can hear it. And you know, if you're talking with your hands, if you're animated, they can actually you can tell it changes the tone of your voice. Just really be mindful of your nonverbal communication. And three, be authentic. So be really positive, be assertive, be confident, but also be try to be very clear and crisp and candid and, and concise in what you say. Being prepared will really help you with that. You want to be able to be very clear and crisp in what you're talking about and when you, when you provide an answer to them. And make sure you follow, have your follow-up questions. So ask your interviewer prepared questions such as, is there anything that would keep them from nominating you? What are the next steps? Things like that. You, know, you can ask about the company culture. You can ask about team culture. You know, what is the team size like? Things like that. What does the, the, the matrix look like? You know, is it a flat type of matrix? You have a manager above you. Do they have a manager above them kind of things? And then uh, after your interview, it's always important to send short email of appreciation. You can also use this, this opportunity to reiterate important details. You know, nothing long, nothing lengthy, just reiterate maybe a couple of things, how you can really be of value to them. You might not get the hiring interview, hiring manager's email, but you can certainly get the recruiter's email and they can pass it along. So with that, I will pass it over to Joel and he's going to work through the mantra workshop. All right. Thank you, Elise. So what I'm about to do is I'm something I've done with 
many, many, many clients already. And I actually had one of my favorites I just had was a guy who was in a most recent fishbowl. So, I mean, it wasn't even a month ago. And we work together. He currently is at Booz Allen, used to work at Northrop Grumman, does uh, actually was working on Space Force, interestingly enough, and Booz Allen is. And then through doing this mantra and mantra sessions, he was able to secure another job at Northrop Grumman that has a salary range of north of 300K. The people who are sure of themselves and are able to talk about that in a positive way, in an altruistic way, in a way that's not boastful, or braggadocious, right? Or even obsessive. Those people will always stand out in companies because those people are refreshing, right? Many people go about their entire careers simply settling for whatever is handed to them. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a taker and someone who is angstily trying to get what's next. But the people who are sure are always those who get a little bit more noticed. So think about that as we're about to do this. So doing a mantra session, it's super simple, right? And if you are interested in that, you can contact me on LinkedIn. We can talk pricing for sessions. But to do a mantra session today, um, all I have to do is I have to ask you, what drives you in this moment? What is driving you in this season, right? So even if I'm just looking down the people that are here, what drives you, Brittany or Melina or Pradeep? Seen or Candace, right? Or Christy, what drives you in this moment? And then drains you. What would you rather die if, before I asked you to do, right? So if I were to say, Stanley, I need you to do this, you'd be like, I would rather bang my head against the wall or Russell or Hugh, or you might be thinking this, I just let me do anything but this. That is what I mean when I say what drains you. And so right now, I'm just going to give you a couple moments. Think to yourself, what drives me and what drains me? And then what you'll do is you'll raise your hand, we'll call you on stage, and you just have to make sure that you select uh, your microphone to be able to talk. We've had issues with that in the past. So just make sure once you raise your hand, we put you on stage, you unmute yourself and, and enable your microphone, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but I'm going to give you a couple moments to think about what drives you, what drains you. And this could be incredibly impactful in your life because I know that there are many people right now who are entering the workforce for interviewing again who had never had to do that before, right? People who are new to the workforce or have been a part of the workforce for a while, but now they're interviewing again because they're part of layoffs or restructuring, right? And so it could feel daunting to try to convey who you are to people. But I tell you right now, I have done it with people who are senior directors and VPs and up and people who are individual contributors. And all that it does is it just helps enable them to give language that frees them. So, all right, Ebony, if you are ready, you have raised your hand. So let's invite you up and let's see what you got. Hi. So what drives me? In this state of change in my life, planning for and achieving my goals is what drives me. What drains me is the lack of forward movement. Mm -hmm. So anything that's blocking that. Can you elaborate more? Like, so any lack of movement, what lack of progress? Right. So um, like rigidity, is that what you're saying to people that are rigid or rigid policies? Yes, exactly. Anything else that you would be like, look, if you'd ask me to do it, I'd rather die. Data. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. That's me. Data too. analysis. I, hate <laughs> I love it. So monotony, you're kind of saying monotonous tasks. Right. Exactly. What about going back to what drives you? you? You said planning for and achieving your goals. What, what do you mean by that? What, 
when you say planning for, does that mean you like the strategy? Kind of walk me through that. Yeah. So I feel I'm, so I was laid off. So unexpectedly, but also kind of in transition. So I've already had the excitement of finishing grad school, getting my PMP and moving forward. I'm a very driven person when it comes to that. So in regards to planning for my future and also attaining my goals, that's kind of what really drives me and being able to provide for myself and travel, which is my passion. So yeah, that's what drives me. I love that. I love that. So even so traveling and essentially being free to do the things that you love to do. Right. That's so cool. So here's what we do. Every mantra starts the same, right? So it starts with, I am someone who, and the reason why it is starts that way is if I were to ask you, tell me about yourself and you say, I am someone who 99% of the time, I'm going to assume, you know who you are, right? So that person now in the middle, in the beginning of their statement shows, I am confident. I'm sure of who I am, but in a good way, I am someone who, and then it's followed by something positive. Like, so if you were hearing my mantra, I am someone who is energized by, right? It's good to say is energized by, loves doing, uh, finds fulfillment and finds joy and right. These are positive statements. So now you've said, I'm sure of who I am and I'm positive as a result. And then the statements that, that follow typically are going to be a little ambiguous, a little general, but they're altruistic. And the reason why they're a little general, a little ambiguous is because you know more about who you are. And if someone were to ask you more, you could speak on it. But you want the other person to be interested in who you are. And so in an interview, you now switch the table from you being the interested party and them, they now become the interested party in you and want to know more about who this person is that would say, I am someone who blank, right? And so that's why I came up with this idea of how to frame that answer. And so now this is the fun part for you and the really nerve wracking part for me is where I just get to sit here and I have to think of really quickly a mantra for you. Uh, but I, I loved what you said about being able to get things done. And I think. I would go somewhere around the the lens of like, I am someone who is energized by being able to direct the path in my life, right? Or to direct not, not only the path, the steps, but the ultimate path in my life. I think that's actually even better where I'd go. So I am someone who's energized by being able to direct not only steps in my life, right? My life, but the path. And then you expound on that. So then you say in that, you go from there. So in that, and I loved it. What we like to do, what I like to do is I like to take the negative and make it positive, right? Because if you were to say, I am someone who hates lack of movement, right? Or is, is bogged down or drained by lack of movement. People are like, all right, so you're impatient, right? No, I am someone who loves progression. So maybe it is, I am someone who's energized by being able to direct not only the steps in my life, but the path itself in that I love being a part of progression in my own life and the life of others and the business in general. So now what you've done is you've shown you are a person who cares deeply about your own life, about others, but also you would benefit the business. It's not someone who's just out for their own ends. Does that make sense, Emily? Yes, it does. This would be your mantra. It's not mine. So, you just yes, no, I like it. Um, if you could just be the last one, you said, I love being a part of progression in my own life, others, and in the business. 
Yep. And don't worry, here, if you want to, connect with me on LinkedIn and I'll send it to you in written form so you'll have it. For, but yeah, uh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like how one. you flipped that. Well, there you go. Thank you, Ebony, for, for taking part in it. And uh, I hope that this helps. We're going to call someone else up now. Candace has her hand raised. All right. Hi, how are you? Doing well. So what drives me is being able to produce results. So problem solving and being able to fully execute on that problem um, and a resolution for that problem, I should say. And then what drains me is dealing with micromanagement. So I, I really crave autonomy and I'm my best self whenever I'm giving complete ownership over my function and I'm able to gain trust from my manager to do what I need to do. I love that. It sounds like you are someone who has had uh, either really good conversations with people or you're just very introspective that you're able to gain so much insight into yourself to be able to say, I'm your, I am my best self. Not typical language I hear in, in some of these conversations. So good on you for that. I want to kind of explore that drains again. So you're talking about micromanaging. You even referenced the autonomy and you said something about trust, right? Was that your manager would trust you. Can you mm -hmm. expound on that some more? If you give me a directive and you're clear in that directive, I would expect you as my manager to trust me enough to carry it through without constantly checking in or even feeling like you have to follow up behind me to expand on something. I'd rather you mm. just come to me and coach me if I need that so that I can handle it on my own. Mm. So going back to your drives, do you, so it sounds like you love when you are with leaders who are coaches rather than, you know, in, uh, micromanaging instructors. Do you like to coach too, or do you just like collaborating with coaches? No, I like to coach. Okay. So when you coach, what gives you fulfillment in that way? I feel like I am in many ways motivating my team mm. and helping them to ultimately meet a deliverable or solve a problem um, without me having to do it directly. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that is a really cool point to make. So I think that, sorry, I'm always right. I have to write these down and I'm not typing. So I'm, <laughs> I can't, I'm not a doctor. I can't do chicken scratch. Now is the fun part. Like I said before, I come up with this mantra for you and I love, I really enjoyed what you're talking about. And this is the beauty of these sessions, right? Is yeah, draining and driving really great prompts and primers, but then there's, really find out is we find that there's a lot that you love from what you don't like, right? So even that you said about people who don't coach, who don't coach well, and then be able to say, okay, so what if you coach, what do you like to do? And I love what you talked about. It's essentially showing people that they have the capacity to change things because you yourself know that you have the capacity because you're frustrated when people don't think you have the capacity, right? I think that yours would be something along the lines of, I am someone who finds fulfillment. And this is, like I said, I'm speaking slowly because I'm writing at the same time. <laughs> I am someone who finds fulfillment in being a beacon of ability and promotion others, right? So meaning you're, I am, I'm someone who finds fulfillment in being a beacon of ability. The fact that, or, or not even just ability, it could be capacity, right? Of, of capacity or better utilization of Along those lines, something along the lines of I'm, I'm a beacon of showing people that you you can do it. 
you can accomplish things with your own two hands. So I'm someone who finds fulfillment in being a beacon of capability and, and, and maybe it's production or productivity in the sense of I try to lead the way. And that's where you could say in that, you know, I, I love that. I think I love the language you used. I am my best self, which the great thing is it's already natural for you to say. I'm in my, I am my best self when I am trusted to guide through my own actions and words. I like that. I think it's a way to say, let me do my job, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that you give words of life. The fact that you said you like to motivate people. Those are life-giving types of words to show people that, hey, you you actually can accomplish what you're showing. So I, I think I'm someone who finds fulfillment in being a beacon of capacity and production. And the cool thing is, it sounds interesting and it's generic, but it's cool because I I, I want to know, what do you mean by being a beacon of capacity and production? Well, in that, I, I know that I'm my best self when I get to guide, I'm trusted to guide people and others through my own actions and words, right? Oh, so you mean, yeah, I like to be able to be seen as someone who could, here, I'm leading by example. I don't necessarily have to have title, but I'll lead through example because I'm always able to be trusted to do the right thing to help encourage people to do the same, right? And then that's all it took. As you, you said that statement, I asked you more questions, you gave me more, and there you go. What do you think? I mean, it's yours. I and like obviously that. We could, we could work later if you ever want to, but I I love you. You're just, you're, you're great. I love what you said. Awesome. Thank you. Any, let's see, Stanley, yes. So I'm driven by solving complex problems, problems that are highly analytical and Unlike Ebony, involved a lot of a lot of data, and in addition, I also like translating the analysis I've done into concrete actions that will lead to changes in business outcomes or social outcomes. And what I don't like, paradoxically, is people. I really like to work alone and express my outputs once I'm ready. And I feel like it's ready for prime time. Mm. So I like that. That last statement you said, essentially what I think I'm getting from that is forced to present ideas when they're not fully baked. Is that what you'd be saying? Yeah. So what do you mean by that? The pressure, is it, you're basically talking about pressure from leadership. Is that what you're saying? And can you expound on that? Yeah, mostly from leadership. So I'm open to brainstorming ideas when they're in formative stages, but being forced to report and showcase the work I've done or what I'm doing to leadership mm. before I feel it's ready really drains me. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I sort of interpret it as a lack of confidence in my ability to pull through it in sensible outputs. Uh, that's so good. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I think it's good. So with that, right, if you could pick your perfect, this is the task you've been asked to do and you've done it. What's that perfect moment for you when you've done it? It's done. What happens in that moment for you and others? Well, the perfect moment is when someone who I think is knowledgeable about the work I've done is able to say, this is what was different or unique about what you had done. And this is how mm. it can lead to change. And it must not be, it has, doesn't have to be generic. It has to be as specific as possible. I have been pointing what was good about it. 
I really hate yeah. generic um, compliments. I was about to write that. All right. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Great, great information. I love the information you just gave me. So now, like before, I am going to write out your mantra. So I, I really... So what's so funny, and it's it's just fun about this, and as as you if you may be listening or even Stanley, as you're kind of being a part of it, it's the question what drives and drains you. It gets you kind of the surface level stuff, which isn't bad. But the more we ask, the more we get closer to really what's driving you and draining you. And I love that one of the last things you talked about was basically generic compliments. Why why are you complimenting me if it's just generic? If you're gonna compliment me, like I would rather it be someone who can specifically point to this is what you did value add wise that is going to translate to this for us and for yourself. Great job. Excellent work, right? Not, Hey, yeah. really loved your presentation. Love the graphics. Great execution, right? It's hey, great. Cool. Great. All that, all those hours, like you said, all those hours of work and status updates for that. Awesome. I feel like I wasted my time. So I, that's great insight you gave me, Stanley. All right. So now to come up with your mantra. I think that I would go somewhere along the lines. I think it's I am someone who is energized or maybe it's no, maybe it's I'm someone who loves when we can go deeper than the generic in general, which kind of sounds redundant, but that sounds poetic to me. We could flush it out more Uh, in that. One of the first things you said was so cool. In that I find joy when I can present creative solutions that have depth to their actionable, I would say, either actionable steps or honestly, honestly actionable blessing, right? The how is this going to bless a business? How is this going to benefit a business? So actionable benefits, actionable blessings, actionable steps. But yeah, I think I like the idea of I am someone who loves when we can go deeper than the generic in general in that I find joy when I can present creative solutions that have depth to their actionable benefit. I think that conveys what you were saying. You you don't want generic compliments. You don't want people just all right, Stanley, give me an update. Where are we at? And then you're going, it's not done yet. Like if I give you an update, you're going to, you're going to be seeing the tree and not the forest. And you love being able to solve complex analytical problems, but to do so, you do have to kind of get deeper into things. You can't just generalize everything. And I love that you said taking done to actionable steps to, to benefit and bless the business. I thought that was awesome. So that's where I came up with your mantra from. That sounds really good. Thank you for that uh, generic. I'm kidding. It was a specific compliment. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here, Stanley, I'll send this to you in written form. Uh, and seriously, I, I think everyone, especially everyone who has said has come on stage already. I really believe that your mantra could be so powerful if someone were to say, hey, tell me about yourself. And you were to say the things along the lines of, yeah, I'm someone who finds fulfillment in being a beacon of capacity and production, or I am someone who loves when we can go deeper than the generic in, in general. And, you know, and how you can connect it to your resume is like this. And it makes me think of a time when I was at this place working in this role and we were asked to do this, where you could, let's say Stanley's example, right? I was asked to report on the data that we had just been given and analyzed, and it wasn't complete and it was lacking some major components, but I had to somehow take what we had convey 
some type of compelling action, compelling actionable steps for it, but also keep the frame of, of reference of, hey, this could change, right? And so in doing so, I presented to leadership that was at the senior level of the senior leadership team level, could be executive team level. And they were impressed with my ability to essentially say, hey, here's, here's the reality of what we're looking at right now, but it's not fully baked. So this is a possible other solutions I could think of if we had this kind of data. So I didn't simply settle with, this is all we have. It could change. We'll see. And they were impressed by that. And more so now I compare this to the, I connect to the role. And when I look at this role and it requires someone who thinks creatively and within the lack of information or the lack of context, I think that's just who I am. And, and I've shown that in this previous, in this current role and in previous roles. And that's why I think it'd be a wonderful fit for this job. Right. So there's your answer to the question of tell me about yourself. And right there, and trust me, I've had, like I said, I've done many mantra sessions with people. Every person who does it this way and does it well has told me that the interviewers often have to take a moment. They they are taken off guard by the fact that you are so cohesively talking about yourself, but in a succinct way. You didn't ramble and you were confident and you were sure. And some of them say it's, it's almost like you could see their jaw dropping to the ground, right? And so this is the power of knowing yourself in a way that you're sure of yourself, you're positive, you're altruistic, and you're able to talk about yourself in that in that way. And it's not just interviews. It could be your life. You, you could, like you said, you could be recently laid off. And now you're thinking, who am I, right? I've been through that. I've been unemployed myself and I, I had no job and no role. And in that moment, I had to be sure of who I am, right? There were things that I, I was sure if I didn't have a job, but I had to be sure of who I was. And now as a result, I live in a way that there is no insecurity in that. I know who I am and I'm going to walk in surety. And because of that, I'm also going to walk in positivity and altruism. That's what draws others towards you. So those are attractive traits. So I don't want to just dominate the conversation with mantra sessions. Like I said, if you're interested in that, connect with me on LinkedIn. We can talk pricing for sessions through my, my leadership and development company. Uh, but I just want to open the the floor, uh, Elise. You can you can say it too, but open the floor for just general questions. If you guys have any other questions, or if you all have any questions. Hey, Clarissa. Hi. I actually have a question regarding not so much interview anxiety, but um, maybe just a little bit of imposter syndrome. I graduated college in 2020, so I've been in the workforce for three full years. And I'm trying to get into a space or a role that, you know, I'd be in hopefully for five plus years. But all of the interviews, when I asked that last question that you mentioned, you know, about my candidacy and if you have any reservations or anything like that that I could address now, they always just say, you know, you don't have enough experience or I'm hesitant to hire you because you've only been in the workforce for two to three years. And I really feel like I never have anything to say to that that's positive besides reiterating my skill set. So would you have any advice for someone like me who doesn't have a lot of experience, but I know my capabilities? That's a good question. Are the job requirements or do they does it state that it requires a certain amount of um, years or something like that? And you're just coming under that or does it really not state that? Usually the ones that I land interviews for are ones around five, but I have gotten ones that needed eight years experience, but they still gave me the interview, you know? So that's where it's yeah. kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, so when they say this, so the workforce thing, there are certain skills that can just be learned, right? right? So 
So that's something you can, I don't know if you've stated that rather than just reiterating what your experience is, but you know, when I've interviewed in the past and they've said things like that, I, you know, I will say, obviously I don't know this role exactly. It's not something that I'm in right now, but would there be tools for me to learn this a bit faster because I am a fast learner? Or maybe you could provide an example of where maybe in your role, you didn't have a specific skill set that you needed, but what the actions that you took to get there. Does that make sense? But, you know, I don't know if you have that some any experience that in the last three years in your, your workforce, but maybe there was a time when you had to learn something very quickly and kind of think on your feet. And maybe that's an example that you can use. And it doesn't even have to be work. It could be something personal, too. I would add, too. So, you know, this whole idea of your mantra and who you are, the focus, the idea is to focus less on what you've done and focus more on who you are. Right. And so you could strategically, when they ask you, who, tell me about yourself. You could say things along the lines of, this is who I am. Like, I'm someone who blank, 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 blank. And in my current role, you could even say this, this was a role that required someone who had more years of experience than, than I have ever had and who has more hard skills than I have. But I was able to learn quickly. I was able to rise to the occasion. and was acknowledged by those in leadership as someone who is not simply driven, but executes on that drive. And so when I look at this role, although it requires someone who has more years of experience than anyone who's just entering the workforce that, that they can have, I've proven in my own life and in my, my roles that I currently have that that is not a factor that, that blocks me from benefiting the company. So even there, which is the good thing, if you already know people are going to ask questions, the best part is knowing that, connecting that to your mantra, and then you're saying, yeah, I, already kn- I know you were thinking of this, and guess what? Who I am already meets that already. You're too bad. You might have thought she doesn't have an experience. Well, actually, I I do in the sense of who I am is able to actually get this done. So, yeah, I I agree with what Elise is saying. And I also say the more you can point out who you are as a better fit, best fit for the role, will always work in your in your favor. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's where I'm kind of missing. I think I'm not I think I'm starting out with my experience and then kind of backtracking to how it relates to who I am as a person. So I think I'm going to yep. switch my approach to me first and then here's the things that I've done. So thank I, you. I would recommend that because it's I mean, let's just be honest. There are a lot of people in and thank you so much for, for that question, Clarissa. There are there are loads of people entering the workforce going to have more experience than you all in this call. There's always going to be someone, right? It's just, a, it's a reality. And so if you're only focusing on your experience, now you're essentially going to have to say, okay, it's me against them in experience and ability to talk about experience. Well, what sets you apart though, you don't even have that conversation about only focusing on experience, but now you focus on who you are and you're sure of yourself and you're confident and you're positive and altruistic. Now you really stand out because out of the 99% of people, 95% of the people being interviewed that are only talking about their experience, and now it's a battle of who can explain their experience better, who has, you know, X Google, X Meta, uh, you now are not in that group and you talk about who you are and that's how you stand out, if that makes sense. Anyone else have a question? Hi there. Okay, you're good. Well, first of all, thank you guys for your time. I have a pending final round of interviews that's coming up and it's, it's very generic, very simple. It's a five to 10 minute presentation on selling yourself. 
And I wanted to know how you would frame up the situation for an internal role, high profile, that um, captures who you are, shows your personality, and also addresses the role need and how your experience fits that need. So you're going to want to have an elevator pitch for sure. So you, it sounds like you don't have a whole a, a lot of time. Um, right. So you really, this is going to be a little generic, but you're going to want to explain why you, you know, who you are, what you do, what makes you unique, and why the, why the audience should care. So this is essentially a 20 to 30 second, you know, commercial about yourself. And a, an approach to, to those things is to rehearse it as much as you can until it sounds natural. You know, identifying yourself differentiating yourself, what's your power, what sets you, you apart from everyone else. And because it's internal, I don't know about this particular role for you, but, you know, um, you might be able to drop some organizations or names or something like that, you know, specifics that you wouldn't necessarily be able to if it was external, because they might know who you're talking about specifically. Thought-provoking questions, why you, you know, that your impact, your benefit, your value, and quantify those results. <laughs> Things like that. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah, no. And so, John, were you here for the mantra sessions where I was doing live sessions? No, I, I just got a pop-up that said conquering interview anxiety. And, um, <laughs> you know, this this was of interest to me because it is it is something where you get in your own head, especially when you're on the fourth round. And yeah. I, do, I do think I am the front runner. I am the strong candidate. Um, I've just thought about obviously going through it in my head. You keep tripping yourself up and what if, what if, what if. So yeah, what I've heard so far is pretty beneficial. Yeah. So I, I came up with this thing called finding your mantra. It's essentially a compelling, cohesive statement about who you are. And you then go from there into all aspects of what you would talk about within an interview or just talk about in life in general. So I know that we're at time and I'll give you a quick spiel and then we can connect on LinkedIn, but essentially if someone were to say, hey, tell me about yourself or give you an interview round where it's, all right, John, sell us on you. So if it was me, this is my mantra. I am someone who is energized by being a refreshment to everyone in every single interaction, no matter what. In that, I never want to burden people. I never want to drain them. I want to build them up. I want to edify them. And I want people thinking, I cannot wait to talk to Joel again. He was so refreshing, right? That's my mantra. And then let's say I need to connect it to something I've done internally, right? And so I think about a time when I was, I've been at Cisco working in supply chain and I was tasked with taking over a partner relationship that was contentious and the previous partner manager wasn't great, right? Or something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. And I was able to turn that relationship around to where they were now giving us a little bit more grace when it came to finances, not because I asked for it, but because I had done such a great job in refreshing them. And then now we connect it to the role. And when I look at this role and how it requires someone who needs to be able to collaborate with people all around the world and in, in relationships that may not be natural, right, or, or typical to them, I am someone who can always thrive in every interaction because I'm confident that I am going to be a refreshment. It's not about what I know. It's not about what I've done. It's about who I am. And who I am will always be a refreshment to those I'm with. And that's why I believe I'd be a wonderful fit for this role. Right. So you, you see everything you just asked for, that's what it did, but it comes from talk about yourself with, in a cohesive, compelling, succinct way that draws people in that. Now I kind of, I want to know more about John when he, he's talking about himself in a really interesting, sure way. In a certain way, I, 
I want to know more. I think he'd be a great fit. The way he talks about himself seems like he's a great leader. He's confident. He's but yet humble, right? And altruistic. So, sorry, I know I talked a lot, but it I makes total sense. Too. No, it <laughs> makes total sense. Thank you. Of course. Here, connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll talk more there, and then we we can set something up to help you out with that. Good luck to Jonathan on your on your uh, interview. And um, for everybody else, yeah, so like Joel said at the beginning, we were speaking from a presentation. So if you would like access to that, just let me know and I'll send over the PDF. Just connect on LinkedIn so I can send it to you. Thanks so much, everybody. Really, It's really been amazing to talk to you. Of course. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. That's all, folks. Thanks again for listening to Hardly Working. Join us live next time and talk directly to the speakers and who knows, end up here. Fishbowl is a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can download Fishbowl on the App Store or Google Play. If you want to host a Fishbowl live event, get in touch at live at fishbowlapp.com. See you soon.